Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast, Season 4, Episode 15, A Study in 2 Peter. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In today's episode, we continue our study in 2 Peter, where we are reminded that Christ has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We also need to make every effort to live godly lives. So turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Back to verse 5, however, for the purpose of context, we again bring in verses 3 and 4, as the logical relationship is essential, because we learned in verses 3 and 4 that a life of godliness is dependent on God's grace, and now in verses 5 through 7, we are summoned to a life of virtue. So let's go back to verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now verse 5, For this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge. We see in verse 5 that Peter begins a list of eight virtues in a step-by-step chain that culminates in a path to endurance as a believer. Now this is not a list to work on one element at a time, but is, is a complete list, and it should be a continuous and combined list for our lives. Christ has given us everything we need to live a godly life, but effort is required to add these virtues that Peter gives us. And as Thomas Schreiner writes in his commentary, a godly character does not emerge from passivity or lassitude. What does Peter begin to list for us in verse 5? Well, faith. Faith is the first listing, as faith in God is the foundation from which all other virtues are built upon. Paul writes in Galatians 5, 5, for Through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. We grow in godliness as we continue to trust God in faith. Then Peter tells us to supplement our faith with virtue. The Greek word for virtue here is arate, probably best translated as moral excellence. We should be known as a people in pursuit of moral excellence. 
than Peter asks to supplement faith and virtue with knowledge. Now, knowledge is a very large, encompassing word. What does Peter mean by knowledge? Well, in context, this would be knowledge, or gnosis in Greek, of God's will, and knowledge of the Word of God, and understanding of the grace that God has poured out to humanity. Again, a Christian life is not a stagnant spin in circles, but active growth in faith, active growth in moral excellence, and growth in knowledge. Let's see what else is in verse 6. And knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness. What should knowledge be supplemented with? I think we should have a clear understanding of what self-control is. This is the Greek word inkratia, and this is the same word that Paul used as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Paul writes in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There it is. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Can you have genuine knowledge about the will of God without self-control? Many of the false teachers of the day and our day as well discard self-control to indulge in whatever lust of life they want to engage in not those who live a godly life. This is not some weird form of asceticism, but people who can restrain themselves from falling into sinful desires. What should we add to self-control in this verse 6? Steadfastness or endurance? The New English translation had a note that says this endurance or steadfastness is a colloquial rendering, as a colloquial rendering would be stick to the Greek word is hypomonon. Endurance is mentioned many times in the New Testament as a virtue of believers. Paul writes in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces... Here it is, endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We also read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with, here it is, endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. When people and the church were threatened, and those people, the ones that Peter was writing to, many were discouraged. This call for endurance was specifically important to them. This opposition that they faced caused many to give up. Not only give up, but abandon the gospel. So the need for moral restraint, combined with endurance and steadfastness, is important to the daily lives of any believer. 
and supplemented to endurance should be, as it's listed here, godliness or eusubian. This godliness refers to piety, or more simply put, to live a life that is godlike and following the nature and character of what God and Christ Jesus demonstrated to us, or even more simply, a godly life is one that pleases God. That's it. It pleases God. In 1 Timothy 2.1, it says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Verse 7 says, In godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Godliness should be supplemented with brotherly affection. Well, how is that different from brotherly love? The term for affection is the Greek word, and you know it, Philadelphia, being a love between believers and a family-like devotion that should be characteristic of the Christian community as all believers are brothers and sisters in Christ. But the next admonition is to supplement love to this brotherly affection. In this case, this love is the word in Greek agape. And this agape is an unconditional form of love. If you have unconditional love, then all these other virtues that we have gone over and mentioned will not be an issue for you, as they are all included in this kind of love. The false teachers that were plaguing the community had no such virtue. Verse 8 says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What happens if the virtues that we just read are growing and controlling your behavior? Well, then the life of the believer becomes effective. It becomes fruitful. Do you want an effective and fruitful life? Do you want to be effective and fruitful in your knowledge of Christ? then we need to increase these godly behaviors. James uses a variation of the same word for ineffective here, where it says ineffective, which is the word argos. James 2.20 says, Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? The word useless is arge, which means ineffective. Ineffective and useless are kind of the same thing. Then we have the root word unfruitful, which is the Greek arkarpos, reminding us of the parable of Christ regarding the parable of the soils. In Matthew 13, 22, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves, here it is, unfruitful. The cares of the word of the world and the deceitfulness of riches in this case, choke out the word of God. Peter's telling his readers, and he's telling us, that we must practice godly virtues as an indicator of the eternal life that awaits us. Can we be convicted of being a believer by the evidence that our lives demonstrate? Well, that's godliness. If we are, we need to walk with Jesus, and doing so, we will grow our knowledge and understanding of Christ, and that naturally will produce fruit in our lives and this fruit will be what others can see verse 9 says for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins Peter is calling those who do not practice these virtues 
blind. They cannot see what they should see because they are so short-sighted. This short-sightedness allowed them to forget the most important reality of all, that is, that they have been forgiven of past sins, but now they want to wade deeply into a sinful life. However, living a godly life is evidence that they are truly, a person is truly forgiven, and they're changed by the grace of God. Believers should treasure having a forgiven life, and they should treasure the eternal life that Christ gives us, and we should live in a way that pleases God. Verse 10 says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. What do we need to confirm in this verse? A calling, an election. Well, these two words are close in meaning. The call of God is an effective call to repentance. God calls all to repentance. Peter knew this call very well in his life, and he preached it on Pentecost. Acts 2.38 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls, here's the calling, to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The call is effective. The election is something only God knows, being those who will accept that call. Christ is the one who saves and has known who will accept him since the foundation of the world. So confirm your call from God, and confirm the election shown to you by practicing these qualities living a godly life and if so you will never fall what does peter mean by never fall well the word in greek for fall is protestate if i pronounced that correctly which i doubt it did in this case being more equated to stumbling we read in jude 24 and 25 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. Believers who demonstrate an abundance of these qualities listed here will never fall or stumble because they cultivate a relationship with God on a daily basis. Those who fall have their wills captivated by Satan, and when they are, they're easily fall prey to deception. Verse 11 says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So when it says, In this way, in this way is the pathway of virtue that has been laid out for us. That pathway will provide an entrance into the eternal kingdom of God richly provided. The word rich Pelusios means that the reward of eternal life is gracious, and this believers receive much, much more than we could ever deserve. In episode 16, we will continue into 2 Peter with Peter's encouragement and a reminder to the churches. 
I hope this season four and the first and second letters of Peter speaks to you. I pray that this study blesses you, and I strongly encourage you to spend time in God's Word. Biblical Tapestry is on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have discovered something helpful or uplifting. God bless you with faithful endurance, and I pray that you are greatly strengthened by God. God bless until next episode.